Welcome. Welcome to the While My Batteries Charge podcast. Join us as we talk about all things radio control. And now, your host. Folks, this man, he is the king. Mr. CCXRC himself. Tony Cece. Hey, what is going on, you guys? Welcome to another While My Batteries Charge podcast. Today, we are going to be getting into a few things after I talk about my move from hell. We'll be talking about Horizon Hobby RC Fest, the Great Lakes Gauntlet at Walter RC Park, and what's going on with the new studio, the new house, and all of the things related to the move. So, without further ado, let's get into it, guys. I figured this would be a good place that's not on my YouTube channel to talk about just how rough our move was from Virginia to Michigan. Now, I know probably there's people out there that have had worse moves, and I don't doubt it. Um, This one, it was no walk in the park. That is for sure. So um, basically, it started in Virginia with us, you know, packing up. We're trying to leave by a certain time. I wanted to go to the uh, Showtime Showdown. So our goal was to make it to Richmond. We're going to camp there for a couple nights, do the, uh, the event, not participate, but just go hang out for a day and then get on the road and, um, you know, make the rest of our journey to Michigan. Stop at my mom's for a night because we had a campground, but we couldn't get into it until Sunday night because the weekends are booked. Everybody loves camping in Michigan and especially on the west side of the state where we were moving to. And the campground that we had was in Grand Haven, which is right near Lake Michigan. And um, so anyway, we'll get into that. Um, trying to get to there. So uh, I decided in the very end that I was going to tow my tractor behind the RV because I was going to have to pay my neighbor, uh, you know, the right price, about $3,000 for him to tow it. Uh, but then he wanted me to rent a trailer so he wouldn't have to, you know, tow an empty trailer back, which makes perfect sense. But then I was getting into looking into what trailer rentals were and all that. And I just realized I could buy a trailer and tow it up for $3,000 and then have a trailer to show for it in the end. So that's what I decided to do. Uh, I bought a trailer down at TAC Trailers in uh, Moyoc, North Carolina. Awesome help from a guy named George there uh, who actually watches the channel. I, I, I was waiting for him. He was with another customer. I was talking to another guy. He walked out and he's like, hey, CCXRC. Uh, so I knew I was in good hands at that point, but um, he took care of me, got me hooked up, got me uh, a brake controller I could just plug in. I didn't need to in- have one installed on my RV because we're getting down to the wire now. It would be Bluetooth controlled. Um, well, you'd set your settings with Bluetooth and then it would remember them and all that. And then it would you could set how much braking you wanted it to apply every time you hit the brakes. Pretty cool, 200 bucks, something like that. Way cheaper than having something installed and especially last minute when you can't get in with, you know, it's about a month lead time anywhere to have an RV serviced. So we didn't have time for that. Anyway, get home, whatever. Finally, I dropped the trailer into the side of the cul-de-sac, hooked it up to the Jeep so I could load it with the tractor and all that. My neighbor was really cool, helped me get it all balanced and all that right. Uh, then came the time to move up and test the RV and the brake wouldn't work with it. So, um, 
or the brake controller wouldn't work, and then therefore the brakes wouldn't. We weren't getting power. Anyway, it turns out that the there was never a 12-volt connection hooked up, and um, had somebody come and uh, and take a look at that for me. He hooked up, we you know got the schematics, whatever, and then he hooked into what he thought was the right color wire. That didn't do it, and um, in the end, we also realized that the battery wasn't giving 12 volts, so we weren't sure if it was hooked up right or not. So I got a new battery, and still, it wasn't working right. So then I had to start troubleshooting. Um, read some stuff, said that it was actually hooked up to the wrong color wire, and so I hooked up to what was considered the right color for that um, 12 volt line. And because it's got, you know, coming off of it, it it's got the right color um, cables. All of them are, are the same as what's in the diagram. It said, oh, it's supposed to be hooked up to this one. Hooked it up to that one, blew the fuse for all the lights in the RV. And um, yeah, so uh, because the 12 volt that he had tapped into, or the 8 to 12 volt, I don't remember what it is but was off of the um, running lights. He just t tied into that to get quick quick power for it. Anyway, so that then made all of the lighting go. Um, and so then we're looking for fuses. And in an RV, there are a lot of fuses. And it where they said that that fuse box was, was up tucked under the steering wheel, and we couldn't get it opened or get to it. Um, thankfully later we did find it up under the hood in one of those boxes, but we found one that was out and, um, we were switched it and it, it got in, but it was a headache that caused me to work into that. I ended up just taking apart the whole assembly, which is what I should have done in the first place. Um, I'm not very big into electrical, so I just decided I'm going for it. I take it apart and realize there's no wire even hooked up to the 12 volts. So I just literally unspliced the wire that we've been splicing and hooked it up to that. Everything worked great. Then we found the fuse that I just mentioned and fixed that. And uh, it was good to go. The brake worked. And actually towing the tractor behind the RV worked out pretty well. Uh, it towed it no problem. Um, there was a couple parts though. There, there was one hill going through West Virginia. I wasn't sure we were going to make it. We were down to like 25, 35 miles, an hour, 25, 35 miles an hour. I don't remember which one. I was on the phone with my brother and I'm, I was like, dude, I don't know if we're going to make this hill. And my wife's following me in the Jeep now because normally we were going to tow the Jeep. But last minute, I decide that I'm going to drive. Anyway, I'm getting too far into the story because first we went to Richmond. Um, we pulled into Douthat State Park. I think it was, no. What one is in Richmond? Doubt that it's further west. I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the uh, <laughs> the state parks. Um, let me just see here what it was. Pocahontas State Park. That's what it was. So we pulled in there. They're supposed to have this awesome water park um, for the state park. We're going to, you know, kids are going to hang out in that. It's really hot out. And uh, we pull in, and because of COVID, they never opened the water park this summer. Uh, and so we didn't realize that when we booked the uh, hotel and decided to stay there. It was going to be kind of a, a little vacation. Um, so that was a little bit of a bust, but we got out our bikes. We did some other things to have some fun. And uh, then I went to the um, 
Showtime showdown, got to see everybody. And we also looked at the weather and the weather was going to rain. Well, just before we had packed up the RV, we looked outside of one of our windows and realized that the awning over our slide out um, had torn. And actually we knew this because it was before I went to get the trailer and we saw it. And so when I pulled in the slide outs and I went to get the trailer, when I hit the brakes, all this water came off of the slide out when we brought it in. It was water sitting on top of it. When I hit the brakes, it all came off the slide out and it hit my back and went down my back. So I show up to pick up that trailer. My whole back is and backside are completely drenched. I'm soaked. Um, and it was getting ready to rain there too. So anyway, that's the start of stuff is that. And then we, so we're camping and we realize it's going to rain that night of, um, the showdown. And so I was supposed to have time to just hang out there. Well, my wife's like, we need to go. Um, we need to leave town that night. If we hit, if we get further West, we won't catch any rain. And so we don't want it to rain and then get on the slide out. And then we have now so much stuff packed in there that we can't have that problem happen. So, um, <laughs> we get on the road. Uh, but before that happens, I'm at, Oh my gosh. So showdown, let's talk RC for a second. Showdown was awesome. They had it at a hotel. They had it set up really cool. The track was tight, awesome for the tanks and the retros. And it looked like, man, such a fast, fun track for the pro mod and everything. Really tight racing action uh, coming from there. Awesome that they got to, people got to stay in the hotel. It was just in the like convention center there. So you'd go up to your room. Everybody could hang out late. And then just go up to your rooms, whatever. So really, really cool. Wish I could have been a part of it. Hope to be a part of it next year. Um, but yeah, I really liked how they had it set up. There's plenty of room for everybody's tables to work on all their, all their stuff. It just, there are a lot of things that looked and went really well for them. Um, uh, some good vendors there. Freestyle had an awesome new, uh, their Rapid X 2.0 there. Really, really trick truck. Um, and then you had ECB 3d printing was there with their little, little mini monster trucks. Um, J concepts was there low C and, um, you had people from all over the different race places showed up. Awesome event. Um, anyway, I'm there and she calls, my wife calls and is like, we need to go. We got some big problems. You know, we've been trying to, you know, basically what it was is we were trying to get up here to close on, I think the ninth. It was the 11th, one of the two dates. Anyway, we had a closing date scheduled and um, the guy we were buying from is now calling and saying that he can't, he can't be out by then. So we got all these issues. We're getting on the road. We're driving up there and we're just going to figure out what's going on. Cause at this point we're out of state. We can't really deal with this. We need to be in state to deal with stuff. So that's another reason we just, I had to cut my time short there, get on the road. I had to figure out a bunch of stuff with that you know, be calling the realtors, dealing with it and, um, really stressful, uh, already, you know, and then that thrown into it cause we've already got movers, uh, coming to unload our trailers. We've got our trailers. We have two trailers from UPAC loaded up and coming completely full. Um, and they have to be delivered. So once they get to state, there's five to seven days of travel from your home to the state. Then you have two days of it on the lot. Well, he's talking like another 10 days that he needs at the house. That alone would have cost us five to $10,000 for them to store those trailers for us 
for that amount of days. So we're freaking out about that. We also have been struggling to get any hired movers to help us unload the truck. And we finally got a date, which was two days after we closed. And then the trucks lined up to be delivered then. Anyway, this everything's kind of falling apart on us. Um, so we just need to get onto the road and get up here to start dealing with it. So we leave and we're like, we'll stop somewhere just outside of Charleston, West Virginia, whatever. We'll get on the road. Because by the time we packed up, everything got on the road. Um, we were trying to be off the road by, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And so um, from Richmond to Charleston area, north of there, heading up toward um, Akron, I believe. Um, I think Akron. No, no, wait. It was Athens. So you were heading up through on 77 then we get on to 33 i think towards athens but somewhere between um, charleston and athens is where we were looking to stop anywhere ripley whatever and um and this happened to us last time when we were coming up to look at homes back when they were having axial fest badlands we got there and there was like softball tournaments and cheer tournaments and all this stuff going on and there were no hotel rooms um I don't know why we thought it would be different this time, but it wasn't. So I ended up having to call my brother and have him look up some hotels for us. And he found us one on 77. It was a holiday inn. And um, so, yeah, we, we go there. The only one we could get, it was $250 for the night. But it was the only place that we could get a room. And the crazy thing was we didn't even get a continental breakfast for that amount of money. It was nuts. It's like at some point you'd think that there would be a free breakfast at that. But no, they had like a restaurant and you had to still pay for it on top of paying 250 bucks for your room. Anyway, but the funny thing was we pull in. There's no place to park an RV, let alone an RV towing a 18-foot car hauler trailer. Now, 18 foot's like the top of the bed of it. That's not the whole. I mean, it's, it's longer than that. So, I mean, we're, we're rolling long. We're over 50 feet long rolling this thing. And, um, yeah, no place. Completely full parking lot. There was, like, one spot left to park a car, which is where my wife is going to park the Jeep. So I get it out on the road, and I look, and there's a sign that says Tamarack. And so we could have stayed overnight for free just boondocking it at the Tamarack in the RV. We pull in there to just park it, and there's other people there, slide outs out. Uh, their jacks down. They're like full on camping it there and overnight. And so we just paid 250 bucks for a room that had no uh, free breakfast and their coffee was terrible. So we ended up stopping at the Tamarack anyway, the next morning to get breakfast and a coffee. And um, it was just really ironic that we could have stayed for free when we bought probably one of the more expensive hotel rooms we stayed at in a, what Charleston type of town. I mean, come on, maybe in Hawaii, maybe somewhere on the beach, but like Charleston, West Virginia, come on now. Anyway, anyway, so then we get there. Um, and I've been worrying about my RV, the battery this whole time, um, not working right. In fact, I got another battery for the, uh, the cab, um, to make sure that if for whatever reason our, cause back when we were having issues with the battery, the guy also said that it looked like our alternator was bad. Um, and so I ended up buying an alternator to try and install, 
Well, once I get the battery in, I looked, I hooked it up and the, the numbers were low when there was no power, but the second you were driving or had your foot on the gas, um, the voltage went up to the right amount. So, um, anyway, it's just one of those things, everything. So we get, <laughs> we get there. So the whole time I'm driving, when we pull away from Pocahontas, I turn on the generator and while we're driving, I have a DC charger plugged in. Um, that was plugged into a wall outlet from AC and it had a DC converter you plug into your cigarette lighter and you could charge your battery of your car through that. So I normally leave it on that all the time anyway. It's just a trickle charge. Well, um, I just did it while we were driving. So it kept the battery at 100% while we were driving. And then um, we get to the Tamarack the next morning and I go to fire up the generator. Nothing. The actual house batteries for the RV are bad. They're gone. They're not holding charge. They're not getting charged as we're driving. Just they were toasted. You know, the whole time we're driving, I think, okay, we're going to get a little bit of juice and we'll get them going. Nope. They were done. Had to stop at a Walmart and buy new house batteries so I could fire up the generator so I could keep charging the, um, the cab battery while we drove because we weren't sure that the alternator was working properly and we didn't want to be like running out of power while we're driving down the freeway. And then, (laughs) so here I am now I'm $600 into new batteries for the RV as we're driving. Um, we make it fine. Uh, we, we drive to my mom's house and normally we park behind it on a back road there. Well, unfortunately, somebody else was parked in that spot. And now we're towing a trailer. So there's really not other spots I could just go. So we had to leave it in front of her house on a more main road, um, which people back into cars on that thing all the time. But it was fine. Uh, we got on the road the next morning. Uh, my brother and his family had stopped to see us that night. And we're driving. We're about 30 minutes from my mom's. Uh, a little less than two hours from where we're going for uh, for to camp for the weekend until we can close on our house, which at, during this time, the guy finally is saying um, he's going to try and get out on time. And we're saying, we'll help you move. We know that the guy's kind of um, a little bit disabled, uh, has some problems with his knee and all that, and doesn't do well with the stairs. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of stairs at this house. Anyway, he ends up getting his nephews or the neighbor boys or some people to help him. gets it all out and says he can close on time, which is good um, because we had a lot. He realized how much we had set up. We had piano tuners coming. We had a whole bunch of stuff already set up. So we go to camp, um, and we're, we're driving, and I'm watching. My wife calls me and says, you need to slow down. You know, you're going to shake this. Uh, tractor off the trailer because the roads in Michigan are so bad and they've replaced like cement. It's actual cement in like two foot wide chunks across the whole road. And then they're about, maybe they're three foot, I don't know, three, four. It's hard to tell when you're going over them that fast. So let's just say four foot wide strips. And then there's a four foot wide part that was the old road, then another four foot. And it's just repetitive. So it's just like you get into this rhythm going over it and it's just bouncing, bouncing and it's tugging. And I feel like I'm in this wave driving the RV with this trailer kind of pulling on me and we're slowing down and it actually felt worse the slower we were going, but um, she'd called and said to slow down. So now I'm watching it in my mirror because of the roads 
And the next thing I see is the Jeep spinning around on the, the freeway. We're going like 70 miles an hour. Because slowing down in Michigan means slow down from 90 miles an hour to 70. Uh, we weren't going 90 in the RV, but we were going probably 75, 80. We're getting pushed. So we were going anywhere between 60 and 70 when she's spinning out. And, I mean, it's busy. I'd just gone around um, past a, another RV who was going pretty slow that was towing a car. Um, and so, and then we pulled back in front of them. Well, they barely missed her. And then there's a whole bunch of other cars that were trying to pass the RV as well. Anyway, you know, you see cars just going left and right and kind of off, off the road, but not into the grass, but onto the shoulder. They have nice wide shoulders, but which is good because there was a big drop off on the right side. And we just come off of a, a small little overpass as well, which thankfully she didn't lose control there. Um, but still when we were looking for stuff, so it was a, a, a steep drop. I'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, she avoids getting hit she, and she avoids hitting anything. She literally spins it out at least two times, two to three times, and then comes to a stop facing the wrong direction in the middle of the freeway. So it's only two lanes in that area. I'm freaking out. I think I don't know what happened. So I thought she got hit in order to send her into the spin. Um, and so I get off as soon as I can, but the guardrails, I have to wait till the guardrails are done. So I have to go quarter of a mile further down the road and get off. And then, you know, I'm telling my son, my you know, your mom just got in an accident. And we, so we jump out and we're running down the side of the road on the other side of the guardrail because there's people, you know, kind of slowly coming around and no one's sure what to do. A lot of people are stopped. Um, you know, some guy pulls up next to me and it's like freaking out a little bit. Like you can tell he's just traumatized and he's like, Oh my gosh, I almost hit her. And, um, he's like, she's okay. Nobody hit her, but man, that was so close. And he's like freaking out. And he's like, I'm going to go see, I saw the wheel go flying up here. I'm going to see if I can't find it. Um, so I, I just get in <laughs> starting, I'm running up to the car and I pull out the camera and I'm filming it as I walk up there. And then turn it off to go see how she's doing it as I approach and get close enough to see her. Um, but man, she'd already, some people had her on the side of the road. They're talking with her and my son because my son was with her. Um, and he's, you know, like pale as a ghost, freaked out by it, of course. Um, and he jumped out too because they didn't know if there was um, gasoline dripping or what. There was smoke coming. She wasn't sure what the smoke was from. So they bailed from the car and got out into the side as quickly as they could. And so, and she's yelling at him, of course, get out of the car, get out of the car and get around to this side quickly. Um, but they come out. Luckily, two of the guys that stopped were off duty um, officers. And so they're helping direct some of the traffic, get it going, have me move the car, uh, which the, uh, <laughs> the demo shop kind of laughed at me for later, but they needed it out of the road. And so anyway, had to put in four wheel drive and just kind of grind it across. But I mean, it totally broke the axle, um, snapped it and it was gone. The, you know, parts of the whole wheel and all that assembly went with the wheel and tire. So never found it. Um, our bikes were on the back, so she was driving with a three, four bikes on the back. One of them got completely lost. Don't even know where it is. Um, don't know where the tire is. And then the bike, 
must have went over the the edge where that big ravine was that I was talking about. It was quite a ways down, 12 feet maybe, um, but pretty straight drop into trees. So it's thankful that she did not um, end up off and hitting that and going over. That would have been super bad. So we were blessed that it was only as bad as it was. Geico ended up totaling out the car. I was having to deal with that, though, get it towed. Um, my brother and his wife brought our minivan from my mom's house so we could literally get back on the road. We went to the, the place where the Jeep was towed to. We got our stuff out, threw it in the minivan, and we just kept on going. Nothing we could do about it. Um, so we got into the campground, got things set up, dropped off my trailer with the RV in their little storage lot, or with the, um, not with the RV, the trailer with the tractor. Just like craziness, guys. And we just were like, you know what? We're just going to go to the lake and see the lake, um, watch the sunset for the first time, get this craziness behind us. Um, and so we went down to Lake Michigan, took it in. There were big waves there that day. There was uh, um, riptide warnings. They were saying, don't be in the water. There were surfers out there surfing the waves on Lake Michigan. They weren't <laughs> any any smaller than in Virginia. It was crazy. So it was very, very comparable. Looked like you were at the ocean. Uh, but really great, great spots there in, the, in Grand Haven on the, on the lake. And then we went downtown there, watched their little fountain light show that they have. And, uh, man, moved in. So crazy, crazy move in. Uh, uh, to top it off, though, getting the, the cashier's check for closing, we finally... The money from our house sale was in our um, checking, and we were trying to do a wire transfer the way they said. Well, Bank of America site wouldn't work. The little grade-in boxes never became, as we filled in the information, never allowed us to hit the send button. No matter what we did, we were on the phone with them, tech support. Anyway, we had like, it was now 3 o'clock, or 3.30, yeah, 3 o'clock, and we realized we're going to have to go to a bank and get a cashier's check or we're not closing tomorrow. None of this is working. So we realized the only Bank of Americas are in Grand Rapids downtown. So we had to drive there, which is good 35, 40 minutes from where we were. And a lot of them closed at 4 p.m. So we're hustling. We're like, well, let's just go straight downtown. That's got to be the banking district. That'll be great. Those banks will be open because we're calling them. None of them are open. Some of them are saying closed due to COVID temporarily blah 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 so we went we were calling nobody's answering at any of the places we just decided to go to the one downtown we put the car in the car parking garage and then um we go in and there's a telebanking there's like a camera and a big tv screen and they can't do a cashier's check and give it to you there nothing they can do so um we jump in the car try to leave the parking garage the ticket that we have won't work it won't take the ticket and read it to say how long we'd been there, which was like five minutes. So now we're freaking out because we got to get out of this parking garage. I'm about to just drive through the stupid arm and, uh, you know, just deal with it later. <laughs> and uh, so finally call through to this, you know, we push the button and we finally get help. And he says, try it. And we keep trying it. And nothing's working. We're flipping it and trying all the different sides. And he finally just opened the gate for us. But um, at that point, we're, we're hustling to another one. We're calling there, trying to make sure that we can do what we're, we need to there. Now that we've been to two of them, one closed, one that's telebanking. 
this guy says their manager's there. They can't do a cashier's check for that much money for us without their manager. So he calls another bank, and um, we're looking. We're like, we'll never make it there before 4 o'clock when they close. So um, he gets the, he calls. He said, they will stay open for you and um, for a few minutes after. If you're only a few minutes late, they'll stay. Just knock on the door. Anyway, that all worked out too, super stressful, super-duper stressful. Um, and then the whole the way that it works here is really weird, too, like – we went and we closed, we paid the closing, and typically at that point, your realtor would have the keys, and they would give you the keys to the house, and it would be done. Well, this guy never gave the keys up. Um, in fact, I don't know that he even had all the keys, because he stayed, He and then he showed us the place, and then he gave us a few keys, Um so, and then he had, basically he hired somebody to come out later that week and rekey everything for us. It was really awkward. Everything about the way that the guy did this. And he's showed up several times since then. Um, it's really weird. Anyway, uh, it's to top all of it off. Uh, I drove my subcompact tractor into the shed there and crushed one of the septic tanks. So, there was a whole fiasco too that I missed. When we were camping, there were some notes about the septic system on the um, from the inspection that made us concerned. And so my wife was calling the health department who does the inspections here, which is good, better than a company. I like that they have the health department do it. So we're calling and she's not returning. She finally returns her call, says, I thought I'd, we talked, maybe we hadn't. Anyway, she's telling us that this place, the septic system's the worst, all this stuff. Like, I, you know, I, my wife's like, well, why didn't you say that in your notes? She's like, well, I thought I did. And so anyway, she, they're on the phone, and I'm look, sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, we're not going to buy a house because we're not going to deal with septic problems again. That is for sure. And it turns out she's totally, she had done two inspections that day, and she was totally had my wife freaked out for 20 minutes, telling her all these problems and all this stuff. And it was the wrong house that she was talking about. And she said, oh, that's the one on the river. Oh, no, that one's great, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's what we thought. She's like, you know, every you had a few notes in here. That's what we were calling about. She's like, yeah, I mean, for what you guys are doing, it'll be fine. But, you know, for what he was trying to say that it was, it was definitely undersized for that. But technically the house is only four bedrooms. Anyway, oh, my gosh, everything about it was just like, stress. <laughs> and then I crushed the septic tank with the tractor. So had a guy out and he said, yep, it's crushed. And it's because water softeners, everybody runs water softeners since the softener, if you don't have it diverted out separately, when it purges itself or does its regeneration, um, all that salt in your system will eat away at the cement tank. So anyway, that was what really was the, the nail in the coffin for me. Septic issues anyway, because of me crushing it. Although they said, everyone has said it shouldn't have. The weight of that tractor should have crushed it. So they're going to move them so they're not in the, in the line of the shed where the tractor can fit. But anyway, it's been something else, you guys. But I'm finally getting my office back in to working order um, I just painted my back wall where I'm going to film from. So it's now kind of got 
that look it had before. I, I still need to hang my son of a digger sign and some of the lights and all that. Um, but overall, that's getting into position. I've got another wall of stuff. I just tore down a, a shelving unit that he had up here, removed it. So up in this uh, office I had, there was a bed. There was, because the guy left all the furniture. That was part of it was that the furniture came with the sale of the house. So I had to remove a bed from up here, um, a bedroom set, basically. The bed, queen-size bed, headboard, um, dresser, big dresser, wooden dresser, all of it solid wood, um, and then another dresser, like a short one with a big mirror on it, old school stuff, you know. Um, but all really nice for its time. Then there was in the middle a oak table with six chairs around it, like a dining room table. So, and then there was like a, a closet thing that he made that I removed. And then there was something else where he kept like a dartboard and some of the extra stuff um, that he, he said made it a, a bedroom up here, which can't be a bedroom. There's no water here. We're not attached to the house. And that would be very difficult for anybody to sleep out here, especially in the Michigan winters, if you ever had to use a bathroom and go outside down the stairs at night in the snow. <laughs> Not going to happen. Nobody would call this a bedroom. So um, anyway, finally getting all of that stuff out of here. Most of the RCs are unboxed. I still have some boxes to get through with camera gear and all that, get everything situated and organized. But I should be up and running enough that I'll be able to start making a few videos here very soon. I've done one boat video and one run video with the LMT and uh, gearing up for some more, especially because we're going to be heading down to Horizon Hobby RC Fest in Monticello, Illinois, as long as they don't close down on events and stuff happening. I've got my hotel room booked and ready to go. So there's a ton of stuff to do at that event. Um, they've got crawling there. They've got monster truck racing. They've got an off-road track for racing. They've got a whole plane exhibit that they do. Um, they had like sumo car that they do. Um, big squid does like knock it, knock all the other cars off the table. There was a mud pit that they had last year. There was a bash area. Uh, they had some try me trucks out anyway, just a ton of fun food vendors. Um, lots of hands-on stuff to do. And then just watching the planes is pretty spectacular. So very, very skilled pilots come in for this event. Uh, so to watch them is pretty cool. So we'll be at that. I'm going to try to make it to the Great Lakes Gauntlet, which is September 17th and 18th. The 17th is what they're calling purgatory, and it's kind of like a run what you brung kind of a thing. Uh, five runs for five bucks per class, and the fastest time wins. So sounds fun. That's Friday night at 7. The gauntlet, the sign-up starts at Saturday at 7 a.m. Uh, it's in Saranac, Michigan, 8548 Morrison Lake Road. So September 18th is the, uh, the big one. They've got a whole bunch of classes for kids, women, 1.9, 2.2, uh, some called the Mighty Truck, and then they've got a seasoned class for people 50 plus. And then at the end of that, they're going to have awards, and then they're going to do a night crawl Saturday night. So they do have on-site camping. It's like a really big farm property, 
um, at Walter RC Park. And so he does have some camping, but it's like no water or power. You have to have a generator for power. So it, it's pretty much boondocking, but it's a place to uh, put your wheels down and uh, get yourself set up for some camping and crawling. Looks awesome. So even if I don't compete, I'm hoping to make it out and at least make some video on uh, the 18th if something family-oriented doesn't have come up that I have to do. So that's kind of what's coming up RC-related for me. Just wanted to delve into really the, the move part. I haven't really been able to share with everybody everything that went on. Why I've been away for so long is because I've been dealing with all this stuff, trying to find a new vehicle because the Jeep was totaled, um, dealing with insurance, dealing with the house stuff. Um, and then we've had to have a few other people come out, uh, plumbers and, and different things just to work on some stuff. Uh, plus the boys have wanted to go fishing. So finally getting into that, but it's just been a lot of unboxing boxes, moving stuff, removing stuff, uh, moving out a lot of his stuff that was left here. Um, so we could move in our furniture that we had. We didn't bring a lot of our furniture because we knew a lot was going to be here. It wasn't necessarily our style, but it was better than packing all of ours up and all of that. So, um, we tried to utilize what we could from what was here and then, um, kind of moved some stuff out. Like my studio, I had to empty. And so we took some of the stuff from here and that went out. And then some of the stuff from an upstairs room went out, but then we moved stuff from a different room up to there. And so we played kind of musical chairs with some of the furniture based on what people wanted. So um, I think we have it set now and um, getting set up more to how we need to use the space. Um, but we're really liking being on the river and, you know, we hope we can always say that, right? Um, the first thing I wanted to know when we were moving here is the possibility of flooding because I've worked disaster relief and all that for many years and flooding is not something I want to deal with. So it, it seems like here we have a better chance of our basement flooding from a sump pump going out than the water from the river coming up. We don't have to even have flood insurance and uh, we don't have to, I think it's not even in the 500 year flood plain. I think it's like thousand year, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. But anyway, um, it's, it's treating us pretty well. It's been a beast to get here. And, you know, eventually you get through this stuff. The last house we moved into was a nightmare from the beginning as well. And, um, we happen to choose quirky places. We like them. Um, we see potential in them. And so we, we get some value in that. And, um, we got some value that allowed us to be on the river here as well because of that. And, um, now we got to put in some, some elbow grease in order to turn it into something that we like and is exactly what we need. So, that's where we're at with that. I'll be doing a lot of our seeing around that. We're trying to find out where the track is going to go. We're thinking the side of the house. We have such beautiful views out back. You don't want to destroy that. You know, look out the big picture windows and seeing the river. You don't want to have a big old dirt mounds <laughs> in the yard. So I think out the side is the spot to be because our front view windows are almost as pretty or prettier than our back view with the rolling hills and the horses. So, and then 
they they go to the sky you know the hill goes up and then there's no trees on it and you just see skyline and it's just gorgeous so um yeah anyway that's where we're at there's been stuff going on and happening in the rc world i haven't really kept up in the last month you know i've i've missed some stuff however the fms stuff that's been coming out has been pretty legit to me um as far as the hard bodies and uh and that and so i have two of those that i'm running right now um they're not the most capable but they're smaller too they're they're meant to just be something you take with you places and have a little fun uh they're not meant to be your competition crawler it it would require quite a bit of work to get to that point but for other stuff for video purposes they're pretty cool anyway guys thanks for tuning in for another one of these and we will uh try to keep them coming now that we've got the uh, podcast set up again we should be able to do it more frequently needed to get the mic stands and the mics and cables and all that ready and finally pulled them out of boxes so until next time guys have fun our seeing